It is Friday night. It is time for Explain Yourself. It is already, we're already having fun. We should have been recording the, the last 10 minutes. <laughs> we got a crew tonight, and uh, but we're going to do something really crazy. Um, tonight, uh, 74 years ago, my mom was born, and we've got an hour to wish Helen Joseph a happy birthday. So, Mom, I love you very much. It was great to hang out with you tonight. And that's why I am so late and made all of these poor guys wait for me to get everything ready. So I thank you, but it was for my mom. Happy birthday. Happy Happy birthday, birthday. mom. So, Will, how are you, buddy? Doing all right. It's uh, it's been an interesting week. Uh, We got snowed out today in northwest Arkansas. I thought I lived in the south, you know, uh, snow. I I don't know what the... It's crazy. It was about about 92 today in, in my part of Florida. But, but we are supposed to be cold by tomorrow night. So we'll get it. But it, we aren't that far away. That is nuts. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. So it is the beginning of the show. So what we're going to do is ask everybody to um, give us a 30-second pitch on your comic. If somebody was walking <laughs> past your uh, – well, I guess – I should explain what the show is, right? I literally poured <laughs> myself a coffee at Explain is literally tonight. in the name. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so explain yourself. It's the Kickstarter roundtable. We've got people running current campaigns, and we're going to talk to them about those books, how they came to be, and uh, kind of anything else about making comics, crowdfunding, pop culture, uh, whatever it might be. So we always start off with a 30-second uh, elevator pitch. So, Nathan, if somebody was walking past your booth at a comic convention, what would you tell them as quick as you could to get them interested in Godslayers? Uh, Godslayers is a story of a group of heroes on a mission to resurrect a fallen enemy um, whose soul seeks redemption in order to uh, help them destroy a demon he released on their world. My enemy is my friend because his enemy is shittier. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> That's the saying I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. All right. I'm just going in my screen. Uh, Joseph, uh, How? what is Two-Eyed Tales? Uh, Two-Eyed Tales is a uh, black and white horror anthology that's themed around the fear of being eaten alive. And uh, it's in a, a magazine format like the old uh, Warren Publishing um, Creepy and Eerie Comics. Oh, beautiful. All right. That's that sells us off right there. All right. So do you prefer to be J, Michael, J, Michael? What, what uh, do you prefer? J or Joe? Either one. Jay. All right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go with J. So, J, what how would you entice somebody to your booth walking <laughs> past you at a comic convention? All right. Well, uh, Morsels is a collection of eight delectably bite sized horror stories. So terrifying that you'll be screaming for more. That is that's that's eight seconds. You've got you've yeah. got like twenty two seconds to do whatever you want. You can you. He's just no, that's sure beautiful. One that's, floor pitch. You got mm, done. Yeah. yeah, your your work is cut out for you, Jeff. You you've got to you've got to match or beat that. All right. So magic powder. I I like to pitch it as it's Dungeons and Dragons meets The Wire. So basically, that's it. That's the way I usually pitch. Or I say Gamora, but most people don't know the show Gamora, so I can't pitch it like that. But essentially, it's a fantasy world that's kind of like in modern times, and everything's somewhat peaceful throughout the world. All the 
you know, countries kind of work together. But in the city, Thez, there's no law. So all the shady characters of this world come to Thez. And that's why the magic powder syndicates kind of run that town and stuff like that. So it's a little seedier than everywhere else on the planet. But that's magic powder. It's just, you know, fantasy crime. Well, I like CD, so let's let's dive into CD. So, uh, what, where did magic powder come from? Where did you where did you first get the the glimmer in your eye for this? this it's story? funny, the funny because right where I'm at right now, because I'm at a friend's house that I used to live at, and I'm just over here hanging out right now. But um, I used to live here, and this is the bed I was sitting on when I came up with that idea. <laughs> so yeah, I was sitting here. I was uh, is during the pandemic probably around January-ish of last year, so 2021. And I was sitting here watching Gamora, that show Gamora. So it's like an Italian uh, mafia show. It takes place in Naples uh, about the the Camorra instead of like uh, the Lola Cosa Nostra. It's a different mafia in Italy. And uh, I was just watching that. And I, at the same time, like Fargo was on and stuff like that. I was like, there's all these great crime stories, but they all take place on Earth. So I'm like, I, I, I already can't, you know, it's been done here. I got to come up with something new. And then I was thinking, like, you know, what do people like? Lord of the Rings. Everyone likes Lord of the Rings. I was like, ah, maybe I can mix that. And so that's really where it started. And then, you know, the Dungeons & Dragons aspect of it. Like, I never played Dungeons & Dragons personally. But, like, I watch, you know, all these shows, like Community and stuff like that, where it's mentioned. And, you know, Freaks and Geeks, they have a Dungeons & Dragons episode. But, like, yeah, so I've always been interested in it. And I play board games and stuff like that. But I just never had a, a RP crew like that. So, yeah, just a lot of that's, like, mimics. And, you know, I guess Dark Souls is a big part of it, too since like I was playing that at the time and like that's a really dark like you're walking through hell basically just fighting monsters so it's like you know and I, and I felt like Gamora the people in Gamora living in Naples like where they lived it kind of was like living in hell in itself but it's also on top of like ancient Rome it's all built atop ancient Rome so there's a bunch of projects all these ugly project buildings on top of what used to be the greatest civilization in our world you know so that kind of came from that the whole fantasy aspect so that's yeah awesome. that's, that's magic matter. I'm gonna pull up the the page and let's get to it. Who is who is the team around you? So I'm only the writer. I came up with the story, the characters, all that stuff. I do the storyboards and everything. So when I send it over, but I found I found Danielle Aquilani on Reddit on the Comic Book Collabs uh, subreddit because at the time I was I posted that I was looking for an artist, and at the exact same day he posted that he just finished a project and was looking to be hired again. So he didn't even come to my post. I found his post. And man, he's just amazing. He's from Italy and, you know, he just got what I was going for since, like I said, it's kind of based around like Italy in itself, at least the the look. So yeah, it was just worked out. He had never even seen Gamora, but he had heard of it and stuff like that because it's big out there. And um, so that's my interior artist. He does the pencils, he does the inks, he does the colors, he does the lettering. He's just amazing. And then we have yeah. Samuel Awunzi and he's my artist for the covers usually. So he did the first cover. He's doing the second cover that you can see right now. And he's from Nigeria. I found him in a Facebook group, and he's just been amazing to work with. And then he has a he has an Instagram. Shia the artist is his Instagram. If anyone wants to check him out on there, Daniel doesn't really do any uh, social media. And then um, my sister Raven does everything else, like graphic design wise. She made the logo. She does like the title page, uh, the thank you for contributing page, the rest in peace at the end, where it shows everyone who died that issue um just all that yeah. kind of stuff even even these things here like the rewards and this team and all these little things we're looking at on the screen she made all that she made all these little uh things right here we can see the reward uh tiers so yeah like everything she does all that stuff so without her i wouldn't even be able to make this so my sister's a real big part of it too raven schiller and then yeah that's it and then like i said i just write it and promote the crap out of it since no one else wants to do social media in our team <laughs> so i'm that i'm that guy and uh yes yeah, so i probably annoy a lot of you, my friends and stuff <laughs> you know you want an artist that does social media but I would prefer an artist that does 
backgrounds like this look at that work it's so amazing and that's like i remember hearing like the walking dead they got rid of their artist because he was taking too long doing backgrounds and stuff and i'm like man i'd rather take 10 years to make this and get it right than just rush a bunch of art out so we can sell some quick copies like it doesn't matter to me i'm not in a rush yeah i like that you roll right in with that minotaur oh man yeah the (laughs) minotaur like, uh, that's actually inspired, I mean, you know, he's obviously inspired by Leon the Professional, the look-wise, <laughs> but the idea of the Minotaur came from, I was playing Hades, and you kept fighting a Minotaur every time you go through it, and I was like, that'd be kind of badass to throw that kind of fantasy character in. <laughs> that's where he came from. Well, I, um, um, we've got the uh, the link up here in the uh, on the on the screen, but is there a, a shorter link that somebody can go to to uh, get directly to the project on Kickstarter? Um, not really. The, if you go to getmagicpowder.com, that's where my store is, and there's a link there at the bottom for the Kickstarter. But mostly you go to my Twitter, everything like that. This is the link you'll find, the actual Kickstarter link. Because it's a Shopify page, so I can't direct link my URL. Like, I don't have control over the URL. So that's, like, why it's this way. But, nah, this is it. You just type magicpowder in the Kickstarter. Everyone knows that. I think you might even be able to type it into Google at this point. But, I'm pretty but... sure if you do magicpowder.net, it takes you a very, very different... <laughs> It's incredible, incredible thing. Uh, you have to buy that in Bitcoin. No, no cash or checks. But um, Def- definitely not affiliated, but somewhat inspired. <laughs> Who also, does your lettering? Don't I do powder drugs in real life, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Who letters the project that you talked about uh, the cover artist? But uh, Dan- Daniel actually he letters it, colors it, inks it. Oh wow. It. Yeah, he does everything. Yeah. He's amazing. And like originally on the lettering, because he like that, I would say is his weakness. But um, originally it was a little too tight and stuff like that. That was the only complaints we really got. So I told him, you know, space it out a little bit more. And I haven't heard a complaint since. Actually, someone did a review for us. Lauren from Wednesday Pull List. She did a review and said the lettering was like one of the highlights. So I was pretty happy about that. And awesome. uh, yeah, he just it's just like, you know, he paid it's 100 bucks a page. I got to pay him, but he does everything. So it's like it's such a good deal. And you know, there's no way not to keep it going. I hope he wants to keep that rate for next issue, you know, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, Blake Buzz says he is not buying no comics with Bitcoin. I agree, no comics with Bitcoin. Da- down with the crypto. It's That's a di- right. very it's a very different powder that you buy with Bitcoin, guys. Very, very different. I think it was also uh Broad City, the show Broad City, they said crypto is used for human trafficking, so I would not mm-hmm. get into that anyway. Yeah, well, that's not fun for anybody. No. Yeah, that's the bottom of the barrel of, you know, what's yeah. going on in humanity, really. Yeah, no, I know. I Yeah, <laughs> we, it's funny. We're, um, I'll, I'll go a little inside baseball. Um, I I'm personally haven't seen anything about crypto that, that entices me, that gets me excited. Uh, and the things that get me excited are on the more negative end. But I, I'm not smart enough to actually rail for or against it. But um, somebody was really trying to convince me of it. And I was telling them, no, no, no. And then we had uh, somebody on, I'll, I'll leave him nameless. And right before the show, he's like, and I can announce your my, the NFTs. And I was like, I, maybe not. Because um, we want this to be very, I, I just want this to be a po- positive thing. You know, I'm not here to sh- shoot down anybody else's ideas, but I'm also not here to push things that. I think might destroy the world. Um, <laughs> so, and then the person who was trying to tell me NFTs were good started putting in the chat, and I was just like, "Delete, delete, Oof. delete, delete!" Like, yeah, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to to argue with anybody because you know we're all making our own decisions. But no, uh, 
by drugs with Bitcoin, no comics, <laughs> and no human trafficking. That's right. Nope. That is that is my. Uh... And with all the ODs going on with that fentanyl stuff, don't even buy the drugs, honestly. Yeah. Do Do you know that's um, uh, about two miles from me? No, oh, I, I did, did not know that. The today the spring breakers that got it. Um, my parents were woken up by the helicopters, so it, it's probably why the magic powder is on my mind, and I I'd rather laugh than cry. So, um, but, uh, yeah, because even speaking of like the wire being an inspiration, like that's how you know the guy who played Omar, My, Michael Kenneth Williams, died. So it's like yeah, man, and like you know everybody wants to have a good time, whatever, man. But if it's white powder, you don't know what it is. So I wouldn't try it if I were you. I I agree. I agree. I I agree. I just stick with stick, stick with, with comics. Stick yeah, with exactly. comics. Exactly. Coffee, and then other. Yeah, you know, we had somebody drinking absinthe here, so you you can do that. You can chase the green fairy on this show. We're, <laughs> we're, we're we're fans of that. If you if you want to try it, perfect. So. Jay, do you want to do a deep dive into uh, morsels? Uh, oh, go ahead. Go oh, go, go, go. Oh, I, was, I mean, sure. I'd love to talk about it. I mean, <clears throat> I think a, a little bit like, you know, Joseph kind of said, but uh, a big thing about, you know, I guess what this project kind of came about is over the last two years, you know, with, with different artists that I, you know, really like, respect. I've done a few, you know, short horror stories. Um, few have been kind of in a couple uh, anthologies, but some of them were just more ones, you know, I just put up to build, you know, a portfolio. Mm -hmm. And so I had these stories sitting around and I'm like, you know what, I've seen other people kind of do a collection or anthologies. Um, I had a couple, you know, artists I was dying to work with. Um, Adam Cahoon is one, Noah Bailey. Um, uh, you know, just multiple people. And so I wrote four new stories and just decided to kind of put it all together and, and kind of make it like the old, um, you know, EC comics, um, horror magazines, things like that. Um, like Alex Cormack did the main cover. You can kind of see the art right there. Oh, did Alex that, did this, see. uh, project image? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he did the, uh, the cover, um, art, and Cinnamon did the werewolf, the variant that we have. I should have recognized um, his teeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those teeth are an Alex Cormack uh, patented move. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Adam Cahoon and Tim Daniel from Second Rocket Comics uh, did the logo design and kind of the, you know, to, uh, you know, kind of the design of the cover. But I mean, it's just, I mean, they're both phenomenal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, I'm excited about this because I mean, just kind of the lineup of people that I've worked with, like uh, uh, Dan. Uh, I'm gonna probably gonna butcher this, but uh, McM uh, McMahon uh, from Gatecrashers uh, okay. and Zane Barrow, both are two of the guys that kind of help me edit stories, kind of give me feedback, things like that. Um, they both been phenomenal. You got. Noah Bailey's going to do a story. Adam Cahoon, um, Matt Harding did uh, art for one of the um, kind of fake ad mock-ups that we have in here. Um, but you got Roman Stevens did colors on a couple stories, Second Rocket Comics. Lane Lloyd uh, did art mm -hmm. for me. Uh, Marcus Jimenez from, and I probably butchered that, so sorry, Marcus, if you were hearing that. Um, uh, you know, he 
he did from Dauntless Stories. He started. He did the story, but uh, Jay Paul Sheik. You've got Micah Myers on letters, Alex Cormack, Sinnerman on co- uh, covers, Jim Campbell on letters, Christian Debari, Justin Birch, Nathan Uten, and Jeremy Simster. So I feel like there's just tons of talent in this book. Um, more than I probably deserve on anything like that. Like that right there, you can see you're kind of scrolling passes. I think that's going to be like our centerpiece, like a two-page. Um, but Adam Cahoon did this, and I mean, he just blew it out of the water. I feel like it's fun to kind of have that old-school, you know, send away, send away ad. Did you give him <laughs> any pointers on it, or did he just like was that a present in your inbox? Uh, I I'll, I would I'll give him nine ninety-seven point five percent of the credit. <laughs> um, I mean, I basically said, hey, you know, this is what I want to do with the book. Um, I think it would be fun to have these ads. I think it should be a mask send away. And so, like, I did, like, a really, really bad sketch out of kind of the basic format and what I was kind of thinking. Um, I think I gave him a couple uh, ideas for masks because I kind of have a couple fun um, Easter eggs in there for some, you know, characters that I – I've liked in some other comics. Hmm. And so, but other than that, I was like, Hey, go nuts. And so, I mean, he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's gorgeous. Yeah. I like that picture right there. That's an interesting picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, no, I right like now you guys, you guys are at what? 222 backers right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's an awesome number. That's good luck right there. Yeah. 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 I think we're, we're sitting, I think uh, tonight, a little bit before we came on here, and I got, uh, just got over 6,000. So I think right now I'm a little over 400 to funding. Nice. And like, what, about 12 days left, I think? Yeah. Beautiful. I For the last probably two weeks, I've, I've been seeing that project image that Alex did for you, and it is just such a traumatic piece to look at, you know, and it, but that's exactly what you want for a horror anthology. I, I've just been like, this is oh, literally that one image. I'm like, I can't wait to read this. I can't wait. To I, read I mean, this. I, can't wait to I read uh, everybody that I've worked with in this book, you know, I mean, I've loved working with, it's been awesome. Um, Alex is somebody too. Uh, we, we kind of have another project that we're working on. I'm pretty excited about, so he's got a much bigger part in that. Um, but I mean, I've loved, you know, Sea of Sorrows, Road of Bones with him, yeah. with Rich and Dueck, um, you know, Sync with John Lees. And so, I mean, he's just, I don't know, he's just got this really huge talent for horror. Um, but I just love how it's, you know, like so like dark and gritty and kind of, you know, disgusting. Um, and I mean, when he did his cover, I mean, I, my, my jaw dropped, I think, when he, when he texted me that one day. <laughs> yeah, there, there we are. Yeah, I mean it's extraordinary. It's gross as shit, and it's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's the sweetest guy. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like how, how is this in his brain? You know, like. <laughs> well, that's yeah, and I mean, you I got to go I, somewhere for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and you know what? It's funny as I. Yeah, I don't know. I both of them. I think I kind of gave. He maybe asked. Do I have an idea of what I want for the cover? I mean, I maybe gave him, a, you know, a little bit. You know, hey, this is this is at least what's inspired me. And then, I mean, he that's what he came up with. And 
And I think that the werewolf one I love is there are a couple of different ideas. And I was talking to Centerman. I'm like, hey, maybe this, maybe that. He's like, yeah, I think that might work. And then I think he sent me that, and I'm just like, okay, that's awesome. That's that, far beyond what I what I could come up with. Yeah, that 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 was a good morning in the household when that showed up. <laughs> oh yeah, so, actually, you can kind of see over my shoulder, maybe. <laughs> but I was gonna say I have that original drawing over there on my. Ah, oh, beautiful. Behind oh, me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So Blake like, Buzz says. Blake Buzz says, all the art I've seen for Morsels is a tasty fucking snack. And I agree. <laughs> and Ignacio Ignacio answered the question. He says, uh, Alex, that's sweet because he does that art. He purges the demons. Yeah. So that's not bad. You take that. Um, that's a better is, outlet than some other things. That is, that is true. Is there a possible Morsels 2 in the future, or is it just kind of, are you, is, is horror something that you kind of want to stick your, your tent to, or do you want to, what type of stuff do you like to do? Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've always liked the, uh, the mashups, um, you know, I mean, obviously got horror comedy, you know, um, I don't, I don't know, it's just, it, it's fun for me, and I feel like, I have other ideas and there are certain stories that I've done where I'm like, like uh, even if you look at together forever, like I had this basic idea in my head and I'm like, Oh, this is just, I don't know why I have, that's just this really sad story in my head. And then after a while I'm like thinking about, it, I'm like, Oh, there should be zombies in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like my ideas always just somehow come back to horror. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if, if people, I mean, obviously hopefully it's going to get funded and I, you know, I want to get, too ahead of myself but i feel like got a sh you know short short distance to go and a decent amount of time okay so um, I mean, so so oh so we're stopping right there kickstarter okay. math <laughs> kickstarter math okay uh -huh. you're fucking fun yeah okay <laughs> kickstarter math you're fun 95 percent of kickstarters that reach 50 percent are funded you are 400 dollars away okay so when it's funded but if it's okay then we'll change it if it's well received Okay, great, great, great. If people like it, they dig it, I, I would be totally down to do a second volume. I think it kind of lends itself to do a second volume. Um, so I've definitely thought about that and thought about, you know, is it something where I, I continue to be narcissistic and write all the stories myself, or do I maybe open it up to some other people, you know, to do some stories? <laughs> um, that's up in the air. But, like, I know the next project I'm working on is uh, – another horror anthology, but it's more going to be um, probably anywhere like 60 to 80 pages. Um, but like three, it's, it's definitely more like this feels more like creep show, you know, just kind of like these kind of dark comedic twists and things like that kind of bright colors. Uh, this other one I'm working with uh, Alex on is more tales from the crypt tales from, you know, the dark side, things like that much darker. Um, and just a trio of tales. And I'm pretty excited about that. I don't want to give too much away, but I feel like the the hook or kind of the thread that holds them all together is kind of, kind of to me, is kind of interesting. I haven't really seen it before. So pretty excited for that. And there'll be some gnarly stuff in it that Alex will be able to draw, uh, you know, draw out. So <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we're we're in horror. I say we stay in horror. Joseph, Two-Eyed Tales. Uh <laughs> let's let's go let's go deep where did this one come from in, in that scary brain of yours because i read uh what uh dr october the the dr orange 
Dr. Yeah. Orange, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then and then your 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 prairie uh, horror kids tale. Which one was that one? I got it. My I was gonna go in today and do research, and no, I, I went to my mom's birthday party, mom's birthday. so I didn't do <laughs> shit. I apologize. Yeah, that's right. Um, but those scary ass little kids you did. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bless the children, and yes. uh, that was that was we, we put that, yeah. We put that in the first two tales. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's that's actually related to this one. Um, so uh, there's a there's a, a an old comic we did in let's see seventeen called uh, Bless the Children's fifteen page horror story. It's like a frontier horror story. Um, it's about this guy who who gets. It takes place in 1847, and it's about a guy who gets lost in the mountains um, in uh, in Northern California and almost dies uh, during a freak uh, blizzard. And he comes down and he finds this one town, and it's it's full of all these children that are completely silent. And those, so there's kind of a mystery in it and a horror element to it. Um, but uh, there's there's one part of that story which there's a guy who's on two pages of that story, and I never really developed him. He was like in and out of the story really quickly, and that's kind of a shame because there's only three characters in the story. But uh, he, he, uh, he, he is a Northern Peyote Native American, and he says he's been—he's a traveling merchant, and he said he's been um, separated from his tribe for some reason. And so that was the story idea that I had. Kind of like this guy is like so interesting. I had to tell a story about how this happened and why he isn't with his tribe anymore. Um, and that was kind of in my brain for a while, but I hadn't really done anything with it. And and uh, so the first two ideas, we just took a bunch of black and white stories that we had in anthologies, uh, and, or had published separately, and then put them all together uh, with a with an additional new story. And then um, with this one, uh, I had one more story that was going to go into another anthology, but it it didn't end up coming out. So it was a four page story. And I was like, let's let's just make another two eye tales and put some more stories in there. So really, I release I'm releasing a 36 page comic because of a four page story. <laughs> but, uh, I like that. I like that, Matt. So, so uh, the so the Bless the Children prequel kind of uh, thing kind of kind of came out, and it was it was 22 pages, um, and uh, it's has nothing to do really with Bless the Children other than it has the same character in it. And that's it's a guy who um, there's a there's a legend about uh, the cannibal giant Nuuzohu in northern Peyote mythology, and he he goes and tries to eat all the animal people in the time before human people, and uh, the other animal people come to Coyote for help because he is the wisest, and and he uh, ends up through a series of events turning him into stone. Uh, that is a, uh, and so the Northern Peyote have this legend, and that's they say this is Nuuzohu's face, this giant um, rock that is actually a real location in Oregon. So, um, I was doing this research on the on the on the folk tales, and um, I decided to base it mostly around that. Um, so this this guy from the previous story, he finds out that a meteorite has struck Nuuzohu's face uh, in the middle of winter, and his essence is seeping out. And all the nearby wildlife is now hungry for human flesh. So um, since it's the middle of winter, like everything's like alarm bells are going up because a lot of these animals aren't even supposed to be there. You know, we have um, bears coming out of hibernation. There's aphids. Uh, there's fish in a frozen lake and, and uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, 
and so he's he he's going to go to, to New Uzohu's face and seal the crack so that the giant himself doesn't escape. But first, he needs to avoid being eaten uh, by these other animals. And um, luckily for him, his brother and his, his wife realize he's gone, and they come and try to help him. Um, so that's uh, pretty much uh, all I can reveal about this story. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, is, gonna... is that the story that's in, in landscape? Yes, it's in landscape, yeah. So um, what, what was the thought process to developing a comic book in in that, you know, in the landscape as opposed to, you know, uh, I guess, portrait. The, yeah, we did the, the Blessed Children in Landscape because we based it off of um, uh, an 1842 comic called The Adventures of Obadiah Old Book, which is, is probably the first um, comic book, um, the way we think of comic books. And um, it was actually a bootleg uh, from Europe. Um, and uh, it was kind of in that landscape format. So. I decided to do that so it kind of would look like an older comic. It's a, it could have been published in the 1840s. Um, and then, so we just kind of kept the same format with this one because it was related, um, but it takes place 38 years previous uh, to that. Uh, and then the four page story I mentioned earlier is called uh, The Invisible Claw Monster from Outer Space. It's about uh, a woman who falls asleep watching a B movie and um, called The Invisible Claw Monster from Outer Space. And she wakes up, and uh, they're scratching at her door. And uh, so that's that's uh, the four-page story. And then we have a ten-page story, which was um, I've never really done a werewolf story before. Yeah, and, and I still have <laughs> uh, because uh, because this is uh, this is uh, uh, I want to do a werewolf story that isn't a werewolf story. So there's no werewolves in the story. Um, it's uh, it's about a guy who gets cursed by a cultist uh, to turn into a leopard every night and, uh, and eat people. And basically, uh, he tries to cure himself using his knowledge of lycanthropy from pop culture, and everything he knows is wrong. <laughs> so, so we start the story with him um, about to kill himself because he thinks he has no other choice. And that's on page one, so there's nine more pages. <laughs> nice. Uh, so he messes that up, too. But yes. Yeah, so, so just those three stories in there. Um, and then we also have the original Toy Tales in there. Uh, so you can't catch up with both. What's that? You can catch up with both, and yes, yes, exactly. uh, and bless the children. Can people pick up or? It's it's in two eye tales, yeah. So got it. All right. Yeah, it's the first story in two eye tales, um, and then we have three other stories in there too. Okay. So it's seven stories uh, between the two two books, uh, something like uh, eighty pages almost. So. Well. Will and I put extraordinary thought and um, creating themes for our shows. We do everything we can to make sure that, you know, we have horror anthologies yeah. and things yeah. that fit like Absolutely. this. Which meant when we reached out to you, you guys said that this Friday night would work out. And it is so crazy how often without any, you know, like actual effort on our part or skill we come up with something that thematically works we'll have like four um you know cthulhu books or horror <laughs> anthologies the same night i mean we've got werewolves and we've got minotaurs yeah that's not so high that's also how i came up with the theme uh, yeah i wrote the stories first and then I, then I was like i guess this is the theme you know so what's really crazy i'm i'm feeling pretty lucky to be on tonight because i've shared and or 
followed or all of you guys in like the last two weeks or so. <laughs> I think I shared morsels on Facebook just a couple of days ago. I was watching you on Pop Anime and Magic Powder. I follow on Twitter all the time. So, <laughs> well, as a first time guy, I've been watching you guys. So, well, we wanted to give you a little bit of time to warm up, but um, I hope you're warm because I think it's your time to shine. Let's get let's get talking about God Slayers. <laughs> All right. Uh, so God Slayers, I've, I've been a game master for uh, role-playing games for years and years and years uh, since I was like 14. I'm 42. Uh, I've, I run a steady group every Sunday, and uh, I've kind of been holding off on – I've always wanted to be a writer, but I was always pretty happy with just telling stories to people sitting in my living room. Okay, so Jeff, <laughs> if you want to play – Ask him if he's got a seat. Come on. Yeah. You got a seat for oh, Jeff well, in your I next mean, game? I do. Okay. I do. They might have to take you up on that. Uh, I run every Sunday from noon to between six and eight o'clock at night. I live on oh. the West Coast. So, but I have for years and years and years now. And uh, my kids are grown up and I, I just, I wanted to do a comic book and I kind of just jumped into it head first. Uh, I, I, I've been following Niobe comics for years and years, and uh, in September, I just decided that I wanted to make a comic book. Uh, I have an artist who's done group shots for me, um, for my role-playing group, uh, as Christmas presents or just for the heck of it. And I was just like, do you, do you want to do a comic book? And he said, yeah. And I had an old script from an anime I wrote, and God Slayers was born from it. Mario, my artist, is awesome. Uh, he, does the, um, he does the art. He does the lettering. He does the coloring. Everything's done by him. Uh, I storyboard and write it. Okay. <laughs> Do you show him the storyboards or just use it to write your if, script? If you look down at the bottom, uh, the author's gallery is one of my stretch goals with my ridiculously hilarious storyboards. Okay. <laughs> so for me, this has been a heck of a journey. Like I've learned so much in such a short time trying to learn like what it was going to take to get my comic done, how the print the page layouts had to be for the printers. Uh, I mean, I, I launched before I really knew what I needed to do to promote. <laughs> and so I just, I keep diving headfirst in and, and learning as I go. And uh, so I have an author's gallery that's got all my storyboards and kind of my journey through this. And uh, it says it's 116 pages, but I want to add some, I'm probably going to add some notes back there. But my idea was I, I went into this headlong and anybody else who might have an interest might, might, like, looking, might like looking at my storyboards and scripts and, and, and seeing the process we followed and seeing if it might work for them, you know? Mm -hmm. Is that, is this, this, yeah. Yep. <laughs> man, this Someone blows, does this blows my stuff to shit, man. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Mario was just—I—I I wrote him. I have—I have like a, a literal script, like a screenplay, and he was like, "Can you storyboard this for me?" Because he was born in in Mexico City and lives in New York now, and he's like, "Just just draw me a storyboard." And so that's what I did. I I laid out the panels. I drew. I think I start out with stick figures and move slowly into silhouettes as I'm going. 
<laughs> uh, I mean, I, like I said, I went, I went all in too. Like I, I have variant covers by Greg Bo Watson and uh, Courtney Rose with coloring by, by I'm going to say Gwen. Uh, her name's Gwenelle Dalagalt. I, I'm probably butchering it, but Gwen did the coloring for both of those covers. Uh, I have a total of five covers on my Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we did. Uh, the main cover is designed by me and drawn by Mario. Uh, we have a Greg Bo Watson cover. Uh, yeah. We have a Greg Bo Watson cover, which is the orange Bella cover. Um, that's colored by Gwenelle. And then we have another Mario Barraza cover, the 80s looking action movie cover, which is really cool. Uh, that's his own design. I told him I wanted a cover that he did all on his own, no layouts or anything by me, and that's what he came up with. And then we have the Courtney Rose cover, which is also covered, colored by Gwenelle. And then I did a blank sketch cover for it. Oh, okay. And I just, I, I wrote this as an anime and I'm in love with the story. I, I'm, I'm already ready to do episode two, whether, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I'm, I'm learning as I go. Well, I, I think, I, I think a little bit, every one of us has, it just depends on when you start. I mean, doing indie comics is leaping off and looking for a ledge. So the, well, the and I've, been, yeah. I've been really lucky. I've had a super positive experience. Everyone's always really, really cool. They're willing to lend advice. And so I haven't, I mean, I'm, I've run into some walls, but there are always walls where there's someone standing there to point me in the right direction and be like, Hey, that's a wall, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? But sometimes literally you've run into them before you realize it, you know, mm -hmm. you, what what may seem to be you know like i when my first campaign i i reached out to kelly sudaconic because i was so excited it was going so well and i was like i just read you know uh captain marvel number one i'm like do you want to look at mine and now i look back and i'm like thank fucking god she just ignored me <laughs> oh yeah how am i i just tweeted one of the biggest writers in Marvel because I was excited about my campaign and like, God bless her. She didn't answer, but she also didn't like, Hey guys, this is not how you do it. You know, <laughs> she didn't subtweet you. She didn't subtweet me. She didn't quote tweet me. So she is on my list of the nicest people in the world because she ignored my, you know, my rudeness. It wasn't because I thought that she owed me anything. I was just giddy and, you know, maybe, maybe I hadn't had any absinthe, but I probably had something strong <laughs> that night. And I was like, well, this will work. Well, for me, I just, I, I was ready to tell a story beyond my, beyond my living room. You know, I've been, I've been storytelling for years and my players have been telling me to write books or write comic books. And I just, I wanted to make that leap, you know? And, and I, I wanted to, one, one of the reasons I was like, absolutely, I want you to come on is when you reached out to me, the way you reached out to me was done so well. Nathan sent me a message and just said, hey, we haven't met yet, but I'd, I'd like to meet you because I'm trying to do this thing that you're doing. And I know you do the show. I'm not saying that I should be on it, but if you have a spot, 
I'd love to talk about my comic. And I was like, I, fuck yeah, we'll, we'll find a spot <laughs> for you, you know? That's, you know, so you, 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 whether, whether there was a wall there or not, you made your own ladder and you climbed it. So it's a lot about how you present yourself more so than anything else, you know? Well, and, and like I said, when I started out, I thought, oh, you know, I, I found an artist, I write a, I write a great story, I, I make it, I put it up on Kickstarter. And then everyone was like, well, you got to promote it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, no, you got to promote it, man. And I was like, oh my God, I do. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, Blake says that's a hot topic. Some people got mad about DMing Kickstarter links and how that's not copacetic. Well, yes, if if the message had been, "Hi, Kevin, I have a Kickstarter. You should look at it." we probably wouldn't be talking tonight because <laughs> I'd be like, all right, well, good luck. And when you built up an audience and you and I meet, then, you know, I'll check out your Kickstarter, but you didn't do that. You were, you had the presence of mind to just be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm putting my boat in this stream too. Well, and what's can crazy I, can is I run? like, I'm, I'm seeing you guys. Like I said, I've been sharing people's stuff. Like I, I shared morsels the other day. I just watched, uh, I just watched Two Eyed Tales on on Pop Anime, and I, I'm nobody. Like this is my first one. <laughs> so yeah, this is my first one too. I mean, it, it, you could, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just this my, yeah. This is my tenth one. I'm so I'm trying to be so. I'm trying to be super polite, you know. Definitely, nobody owes me anything for just liking and sharing stuff. I mean, hell, you guys have been. If anything, you guys have been entertaining me with. <laughs> shows and comics and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, I just, I'm, I just wanted to throw my hat in the ring. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great community. 80% of the community is so giving, so accepting and so, so ready to help. And, you know, when I, I, I still ask people a couple of rungs above me, you know, how can I help you and how can you help me and a couple of rungs, you know, like it's just years, you know, it's just, if you stick around long enough, then people think that, that, that you know, you what you're know doing. something we, we don't. And, we and it's crazy because the community is so grateful too. Like I find that on Facebook all the time, how grateful people are just to get a share, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm always like, oh, yeah. for sure, you know, like, don't even worry about it. I, I liked what I saw. Of course, I'm going to share it, you know, and it's just it's been a super positive experience. It really so, has. Well, I want Jay said that that was his. it's your first Kickstarter as well, right? Yeah. So what have you guys doing your first Kickstarters? Uh, how has the experience been for both of you? Ooh, it's been eye opening. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I um I didn't really know what to expect. I feel like, especially the um, the behind the scenes and the creation of everything. Like, I think I started about two to three months ago, and I feel like now, granted, I had to work on it kind of like piece by piece, but um, just I, I wanted to make sure I got all my creative team in there, you know, and kind of mm -hmm. spotlighted each and one of them. Um, I wanted everything to look professional, you know. Uh, Easton Daverna. Um, He's done a couple Kickstarters. He does some great books. Um, I mean, he he's been huge in this process. Uh, I, he says that I haven't, but I'm sure I've kind of 
annoyed him enough <laughs> with my <laughs> questions. But I mean, you know, he could have easily said, Hey, figure it out. I had to figure it out. But instead he's like, heck yeah. You know, he, I had a phone call with me. Hey, yeah, this is what I've done. This is the, the here's my suggestions. Um, so I think the creation of it is definitely was eye opening, and I'm not going to lie. I feel like, you, you know, you <clears throat> see so many of these campaigns pop up and it's like, Oh, funded in 20 minutes, funded in a day, funded in 12 hours, funded <laughs> in this. And you're like, you're like, Oh my God, this is going to be awesome. This is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. This could, this could happen to me. This could be it. And then you're like, go. I, I said, go. <laughs> I'm feeling that a hundred percent. But I, I, I think like, um, I, I, I think I had this, you know, huge expectation in my head that, oh my God, this is going to be, you know, not huge, but like, oh, okay, maybe I could get fun of the day, you know, in a couple of days and this and that. Um, and then, uh, you, you know, a couple of other campaigns kind of went the same time that mine did and same, they were funded in a day, two days. Mm -hmm. And so it got in my head a little bit, not going to mm -hmm. lie. But then I realized, you know, these, these are individuals that have great books, but they're also on their third, fourth campaign. Mm -hmm. They've put in, you know, multiple years of building their audience, build, you know, their fan base. And, and you know, so they, they've built up to that. <clears throat> so, I, you know, I had to step back and take some perspective, but I, I, I feel like for my first time, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're, uh, you asked a goal of 6,500. Yeah. That's not a small goal. Yeah, so to be within $400 of that with 12 days left is exceptional. Yeah. You know, um, I know Joseph, I know you've, you've done this a lot, Jeff, how many Kickstarters have you run? This is the second one I've ever created myself. And then in like probably like 2016, uh, my friend Chris and I, we tried to do like a mobile video game Kickstarter Oh. And it was mostly him running it. I was just going to write the game and stuff. And uh, that did not go great. Well, it's a whole <laughs> nother crowd, too. Yeah. So I wouldn't even yeah. know how to well, reach them. This guy, Chris, that uh, I did it with, he's actually, we, we you know, whatever. But um, so Chris, he he worked for THQ and, and all these other games, EA, you know, EA companies like that. So he's been in the gaming space his whole life. And he, you know, programs and all this stuff. So, you know, he, you know, he thought he had a grasp on it, but I think we asked too much in the goal. Like if he would have went a little smaller, we'd been fine. Cause I think we ended up getting like almost 16,000, but he was going for some way more than that. So mm -hmm. it was a mistake, you know, but otherwise, you know, I learned a lot just from that. And that was years ago. And then um, with this comic, I wasn't even going to do a Kickstarter on the first issue. I was just going to do 12 pages and it when they head to Thez as like a preview thing. And then I posted like the first, probably the first page and, it got really good reactions. So I was like, I don't know, maybe I will do a Kickstarter and uh, yeah, it's gone pretty good. So I think my, my first campaign, um, it took about three weeks to get our, the funded to $3,000. And we, we sat at 3000 and like $23 for like three days. And all I could think of was, can you go backwards? Like, can I lose this funding? Can you that can. happen? Yeah, and you can. can. And you can. And if, you know, you'll get funded probably, Jay, you'll probably get funded right here in quote unquote, the dead zone. Mm -hmm. And so you have that, but then you have that last 48 hours where you get a lot of 
you know, okay. a, a, a lot of energy on the campaign again. But um, the, even when you get funded, the fear doesn't actually go away. The fear is with you. Well, the fear is with you at all times in comic creation, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. Yeah. You know? Well, what, 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 what kind of kills me is um, same thing. There's little things that I think have played, you know, kind of plagued my anxiety in this because, <clears throat> you know, I, I know we're getting in the dead zone. I know there's an area, you know, I've talked with other creators. They're like, hey, you're going to have a day or two where you don't get anything. Don't worry about it. Um, and so, you know, I'm out there, you know, tweeting, trying to go. And I'm like, all right, hey, you know what? I started thinking, all right, five backers in a day. That's the goal. If I don't hit mm -hmm. it, okay, but five backers. You know, I feel like that's sure. doable. And so I think two of the days, it was like, all right, we got one backer. This is great. Oh, wait, I just went backwards two backers. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like, no. And then, it's, and then the next day, it's like, all right, brush it off. Let's do it again. And the same. Yeah. I think it was like, all right, we got two backers. And we just lost two backers. It's like, so then when all the stuff I did, I'm like, well, by the end of the day, I'm just right where I was at the beginning of the day. <laughs> you know what? If your nose is above water, you're not drowning. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, you're doing great. Um, God. Uh, so, Jeff, you're you're halfway through with, what, 22 days? Yeah, we got 22 days left. Oh, uh, you just popped up. You just moved that on my screen to 1920. Whoa. Oh, yeah, yeah. That actually has happened during the show. Yeah, I noticed that too. So we have 106 backers now. Uh, we've been That's going the for explain week. yourself bump, buddy. That's right. Yeah, you know it. And we knew it existed. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so we're going for a 3,500. Last time I went for a 1,600. And uh, like you said, it took about two, two, three weeks maybe. This time we got over 1,600 in three days. So that was pretty cool. It was just the first weekend. I tried to do like a free sticker gimmick for the first weekend, mm -hmm. thinking that might drive some people. So I saw another guy who I don't really, uh, you know, but I, I saw another campaign and they did a really cool like little, you know, first night or first two days, like, you know, backer thing. I was like, that's a genius. I mean, I can't do something as cool as them, but I'm like, a sticker will do, I think. And mm -hmm. so that helped. And then, uh, yeah, right now, you know, like you said, we got the bump today. But actually, like when I went to bed last night, or I guess this morning, technically, uh, I was over 100. I was at 100 backers, I think. And then I woke up today. It was like 102. And then it was like one. So like, yeah, today, today's been a really good day, even before that. And then the 106 now with you guys. So we're over 1,900. Very excited about that. I think we got to 2,800 last time. So we got to beat okay. that this time. But, yeah, I think we will. Because yeah. I, I think having the first issue as add-ons and stuff like that helps a lot. Because people who didn't get in on the first, you know, time and things like that, and then uh, this time we have better stretch goals, I think. So that might push it a little bit. So I noticed a lot of times when I'm in a campaign with somebody, like I backed it right, and it's the last couple of days, and then they're like, "Hey, if we get to this number, we're gonna have more cool stuff." That makes me promote them even more, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, "Oh, maybe that'll help," you know. All oh, the people want the coloring book, or people want trading cards. So we'll right. see what happens. But yeah, so I'm hoping that works out. Uh, Joseph, I, I, uh, you you've. Uh... You're kind of a you said you've done 10 Kickstarters, 10. Yeah, this that, is the 10th. Yep, 10th one. That's uh pretty hardcore. Is it still as soul crushing during the dead zone, even after 10? Because I'm only up to like six now, so yeah, <laughs> and it's still um, soul crushing. I, I, I've actually kind of figured out something to mitigate that, and that's just to do shorter campaigns. Um, yeah. I mean, like the last four I did. Uh, I guess the last five, no, the last seven I did uh, were all 18 <laughs> or 14 days. And um, those are just, you, you do have a slower period in the middle, um, mm -hmm. but it's not as slow. Um, so it's, 
you know, you don't have like a lot of, you know, I did a 33 one my first time, which was a huge mistake or 33 mm -hmm. days. And, um, it was good in some ways because I kind of had to, to flail around and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And that kind of helped, but, um, but it was really slow. I mean, really, really slow. Um, so then second time I did 26 and that was better. Uh, third one I did 25. Um, and then, uh, then I did a 14, um, and, and I love doing the 14 day ones. If you've got a really low goal, you can just, uh, kind of, you know, you're not necessarily trying to blow it out of the water. Just say like, Hey, you know, I got a, a 600 bucks or 700 or 800 bucks. And, um, that's all I need do 14 days and it gets done, you know? Um, and then, uh, then I kind of settled into 18, which I did for all of the, all the last four Dracula books. Uh, and then, uh, this one, I, I, I gave it 21 because felt a little bit unsure about two eye tails, uh, as kind of a brand. So the first one we did was we only had 70 backers. We did fun, but it wasn't like a huge success. Um, this one, I, I set the goal almost four times higher than the original one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, it kind of has to be, uh, has to do better, uh, or else yeah. it's not fun. So I'm, I'm looking at, um, about 330 more dollars in three days. So I think we can probably get that. Um, it's going to be close, but I think we can do it. I think, I think everything, I think all the previous nine I'd funded by now at this point in the campaign, I think the latest we ever funded was uh, four days left. Uh, so mm -hmm. we're going to, this is going to be the one where I, I mastered the, the goal and the timing exactly right. Hopefully uh, <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. So um, well, it, well, you guys are all a, you guys are all ahead of me. My first campaign bombed horribly, and uh, I did not know what I did not know. And Kevin will attest to this: is that uh, you know, listen to Comics Launch podcast, and then actually took the Comics Launch classes because you know Tyler knows things, <laughs> he knows lots of things, and uh, yeah. I, I attribute you know almost all of my success to having you know gone through that and you know learn things even i can be taught so congrats guys <laughs> you all are doing awesome no and and it's it, a lot of this is you know making mistakes so you can learn from them you know it you kind of like 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 nathan just is like i want to make a comic so we made a comic and you know like <laughs> 10 years from now you'll look back and you'll be like oh i i, I made a comic and i like this part and this part and I would change that part and I like this part and I'd change that part. But if you didn't make the comic now in 10 years from now, you made it, you do all the same things you did now and it's fucking great. And that's why Kickstarter is awesome because there's nobody telling you no. And to be fair, I haven't disliked any part of it yet. Nice. I, I, I'll admit that I, I do feel I got a little in over my head and, and luckily I had like, I had some good mentors who took my because my first Kickstarter layout was not nice at all. It was clip art and <laughs> it, it it was too small to read. Mm. And they just they were like, hey man, like this is really what you need to do to fix this. And and I came back with I feel a much stronger looking Kickstarter than I than I had originally. So but I haven't I haven't I haven't not had a bad experience so far like it's been great it's been a fun journey and and i'm of the mindset that fund or fail i'm gonna come back and try again 
you yeah. know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna hit episode two. I'm gonna come back with episode one. I'm, I'm not gonna stop. Just, I'm, I'm gonna keep it going. <laughs> my, it's been my, way too much fun. Yeah, my buddy Juan Navarro, of creature entertainment down in Miami. Before I launched my first Kickstarter, I kind of asked him if I should or I shouldn't, and he said something that just gave me permission and gives everyone permission to do it. He said the worst thing that can happen in a Kickstarter is you ran a 30-day free advertisement for your property. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the absolute worst thing that can happen is for free, you told everybody about the book for, th- for a month. Yeah. I was Fair like, enough. all right, I can, I can put myself out there then. Yeah. You know, if I, I don't fund, that would suck. But, um, you know, and, and so it's, that's the worst case scenario. And the best case scenario is you get some funding to make your book and you meet readers yeah. and you make mistakes and you learn from them and, you know. And hitting the fund, right. hitting the funding for me just means first, you know, so all my art's already paid for. Mm-hmm. Like I went into this, like I said, I went all in. I paid for everything up front. And so that just means uh, that printing, fulfillment, and paying my artist for number two. Like, right. so that's all going to Mario if I hit it. I'm not I'm not keeping any of it because <laughs> I want to make Same another here. book. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the writer game plan, right? We don't really keep any of it. So, so yeah. it's robbing Peter to pay Paul, but... You, Peter, are robbing Peter, and you are so happy to pay Paul because Paul gives you all your dreams. So it's fine. Yeah, I mean, no, I, uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I I was just talking. Go ahead. Oh well, you, it's funny how you said you're excited to pay for it. I think uh, I messaged uh, or Adam Cahoon, who like says done a lot of the design in the book, and you know is going to do a story with me. And I think he messaged me, and he was like oh man, I can't believe it. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, I haven't really had a chance to look at the campaign. He goes, look how close you are. And I go, yeah. I go, I'm, I'm really excited to give you money. For, for <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, was like, oh, that's really sweet of you, but you're not really that excited to give me money. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm excited to have my book, but like, yeah. I, I want to pay you. I want to give you money. I want art. Like, give it yep. to me. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's always to be good. You want to be known for being, you know, on time and paying your artists too, because yeah. there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, you hear some shit things about. And you don't want to be that guy. So, yeah. No, no, I, you know, I, um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> it, there, there's just something in me. I, I want to make sure everybody gets their dues. Um, I'm not going to say I'm, I mean, I'm perfect at it. Have there been times where maybe there's somebody that I haven't attributed? And you know what? And, and like I said, I think everybody has a learning curve because I mean, there's been times where I'm like, if I've done a story, putting it out there, it's like, all right, artist. You know, yes, artist is right there with me. Mm-hmm. But then, like somebody, then then you'll hear people talking like, oh yeah, you should really credit your letterer. And I'm like, shit, why didn't I think of that? Like, <laughs> of course I. You know, like there's always somebody you're like, oh god. I, Got to give them their. That's credit. why you're lucky I, if your artist is your colorer, is your letterer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, same I here. Have a couple, I have a couple stories that's been real. That's been real nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, just, know, that's the way to do it. Just you know, just just if you can, just get the whole thing done before the Kickstarter. Um, mm. The only thing we have to do is the backer drawings. Uh, so. We usually only get a couple of those anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Greg, who is the artist who did the first story and has done 
several comics where it's like he kind of knows that draw by now. Like I just say, like just draw it, and then you know after the Kickstarter, you could you can fill in the people you know who who need to be there. And we have like one panel per book that's kind of designated for Kickstarter backers, and um, so that's really all we have to do, and then print it and you know all that. But uh, you know some of these. I don't see the comics too much anymore, but like I sometimes back tabletop RPG Kickstarters and sometimes the stuff you get from updates after the campaign is not very encouraging, you know, like, yeah, we're doing, uh, we're, we're still paying for art. We're still doing art, you know, and like, we're, we're, we're still doing layout and we're still doing editorial. And like two years later, they're still working on, you know, like, and it's just like, you know, that's not really, you know, like, do I really want to back this campaign again? Like, if, if I forgot that I backed it, and like, mm. you know, is it, is it really that, something I really need? You know, yeah. Um, but and, yeah, and, that's the best thing to do. It just kind of like keep all those variables to a minimum, you know, and, and in the past, I think we have to switch printers this time. In the past, we always use the same printers, so we knew what the turnarounds were, and, and you know, we knew what kind of, what kind of, the specifics of the file types and the margins they wanted and had all mm -hmm. that stuff on before the campaign. You know, I, I know Kevin, you've done like 14 issues of Tart now, so you probably you probably all have that all that stuff down like nope you know, before you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have really awesome letterers that do all yes. of that nice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, because because it's like probably three to five months between each one. Sometimes we get to three and it's like glorious and sometimes it's five and I'm not very technically proficient. So it's 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 a relearning every every time for me because it's just not my my language. But but I do have very patient printers, very good. DC Hopkins is an amazing letter and my artist Ludo is a great guy. So yeah, I just got, you guys do that thing you guys do and make the book look good and I'll talk about it and, you know, get way too much credit um, for the book because everybody else does, you know, makes it beautiful and good. I was gonna say my least favorite part of Kickstarter bar none is when Ludo will will get a commission or a page. So he'll send me the artwork. And for like three to six weeks, depending on how long I need to wait for the comics, I own this artwork. It's in my you gotta home. You got to protect it and stuff. It's, yeah. it's mine. It's and then I have to- You don't want to give it away. I have to release it to the person who rightfully owns it. But it's like- I could just go in the room and look at this for three weeks and now I've got to say goodbye. So those are, those are bittersweet. It's like sending a kid off to college, you know, you know, you know, it's going where it needs to go, but you, you kind of want it still stuck in my house. Yeah. It's such a weird thing because like, I think about this comic as done. Like I'm like, mm. I, did this comic, I did this comic, we paid for it. We did the art, we did lettering. I've already done the commentary pages for the deluxe edition. like done everything for it. Um, we just have to print it. But like for the people who are backing, they they have not seen most yeah. of it. So, mm -hmm. um, and now I'm already thinking about what the next one's going to be, you know. And to me, I'm like, I'm done with it. It's so great, you know. But then then you have to fund it and everything else. So you're always kind of thinking in the future from what the readers are thinking. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just a really weird mindset you're in. And yeah. with the art thing, man, like the comic book. That comic book is a good move for me because before that I I had a tendency to just like throw my money at artists. Like I said, Mario was doing images for me for my role playing stuff. Uh, I love Facebook artists. There was a girl who uh, named uh, on Facebook Cyril Faney who did 
like this epic image of one of my role playing characters and his wife for me. I'm already looking for artists to do a second title comic book and have paid probably way too much for concept art looking for an artist. So, I mean, I, it's it's something I'm super passionate about. I don't I don't have any artistic talent. You saw my art my author's gallery. But Dude, it was better than everyone else here. What are you talking about? Oh yeah. But I, I I just I love that aspect of it that how the just bringing what I have in my head to life, you know, and that's one of the great things about working with Mario so far is we have this like there's this wavelength between us. I mean, I know that I have that those storyboards, but what he turns it into is it's like he pulled it out of my brain and just put it down on paper. I really love it. So it's oh, yeah. it's been I, a crazy fun project. You know, you guys are talking about magic powder and, you know, drugs and all that in the beginning, but I feel like there, there's <laughs> there's no other, and maybe it's just me as a writer, you know, whatever, but like getting new art in my inbox is like a better <laughs> hide than anything else. Yeah, I was going to say, because like, you know, Nathan was saying about paying all these guys, but it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm the audience, really. Like, if yeah. the comic's good to me, then I don't even care what anyone else thinks, because like, I just, I want to read this damn comic book, you know, I want to create this world, I want to get as far as I can yeah. with the series. So it's like, you know, even if, just say, like you said, yeah, I got to pay the artist myself, though, I'll go get a shitty job and pay this guy and do what I got to do, but you know. Well, and I, the artists I, are, are not getting paid what their labor actually deserves either. Get, so when, I get when such a, a deal. Yeah, <laughs> when a bunch of writers sit around and think and say this, it it is tough to pay these artists, and also they're working for less than their skill actually is worth as well. So it's kind of like everybody is, everybody's doing this because they love it and they want their dreams on a page and in other people's hands. So it's not like boohoo writers are paying artists. It, you know, it's a, we're, the, the artists are giving us deals well, too. I'm happy to be paying artists. Cause like yeah. Jeff said, it's like Christmas, you know, when I get, when I get art, I'm just like, well, <laughs> well, what I even, what I even feel like is, um, and maybe kind of doing this with, you know, before morsels became morsels of that, you know, more cohesive, cohesive ideas. I feel like it, like having to pay them made me a better writer and I had mm -hmm. to be more economical with what I was writing. Like, I yeah. think, in, you know, and, and, and what I, at least what I maybe want to trick myself into thinking is, um, you know, any of the artists I've ever worked with so far, like if I've written a script, I'm like, hey, want, I, you know, I really want you to do this. You know, do you want to read it? See if it's something that you'd be excited about. Because I feel like if they're not excited for it, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like me, right? I mean, any of us writing something. If I if I don't feel it, it's it's just going to be garbage on a on, you know, on the page for for you know me as a writer. Um, and I and I feel like anything you can. Some of the artists that I know, I've seen them work with, you know, certain you know with maybe a writer and. Maybe they're in name names, Jay. And, name and, names. No, I'm Come not on. naming names. But Come maybe on. they're like, oh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't real into this, and you can kind of see it, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so I feel like anybody I've worked with, I feel like have, has hopefully seen something in me, so it's taken that chance on me. But even some of them, like, you know, I've worked with, you know, Christian Dabari, and I'm going to work with uh, Noah Bailey, you know, Adam Cahoon, like all these awesome artists, and. Some of them throughout the time where I'm like, hey, you know, I'd really want to work with you. Well, okay, what's your budget? Well, eh, 
<laughs> and then you know it's kind of a well, i'll do uh, you know okay i can do this many pages for that uh-huh. done okay <laughs> book, book me well now i have to figure out how to tell this eight page story in three we can do yeah. it <laughs> so I, I, i'm gonna interrupt you and tell you a story about uh we got invited over to this web design team in, in downtown fort lauderdale my buddy chris uh He's like, I met this girl who works for this really cool place. They do this really cool stuff. And it was really cool. Like they're doing virtual reality, augmented reality, the works. So they bring us in and they're like, hey, you're doing comics. We'd like to expand everything we're doing. We'd like to talk to you. And like, so we sat down and they were like doing like the serious marketing questions that I'd never thought to think about, much less answered you know you know like what uh, for instance yeah, for okay. sure <laughs> so so your book under wars is a comedy so which subsection of the 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 comedy uh readers are you searching for and i was like them um <laughs> you know All like they them? Were, yeah yeah them just them whatever of them we can find and but yeah. just very specific stuff and and so we made up whatever answers we could as close to the facts we could and so about three weeks later they call in and we're sitting down with the head guy they were really great they're still great so we're sitting in the meeting and the guy goes so what's your budget and so i kind of was led to this meeting by my friend going they want to work with us i did not know i was going to a meeting to become a client the guy goes, what is your budget? And I sat in that meeting and I swear to God, in my own head, I said, this money you speak of, <laughs> there is none. <laughs> because I have nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm in a 6,000 square foot, 19th floor, you know, in downtown Fort Lauderdale. Like you can see the ocean, you can see, you know, the Everglades. It's gorgeous. So I'm like, and I just was like, well, we hadn't thought about a budget. So what are you guys thinking of? Because I'm like, what are you going to say to that? What is your budget? I've got like $18, you know? Like, yeah. You literally just pull out your wallet and throw it on the yeah. table. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. When the moths fly out. Yeah. And, and, and the guy goes, well, we were thinking we could do it for $6,000. And I was doing, yeah, okay. Yeah, we can't do that. I am sorry that we wasted each other's times here because I did not know it was going to be in the thousands of dollars we were talking about. you know how much art $6,000 will buy? That's yeah. three episodes of Magic Powder right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i mean you know i don't know <laughs> no i hear you because it's like even uh i had a like a meeting with a publisher uh last month and you know it was like i had a friend who's working for this publisher so he got me a meeting with them he showed him my book whatever and they were excited supposedly to talk to me about it so we talk about it and uh the guy's like basically like oh well when you're done doing six whole issues we'll do like a you know a trade paperback or whatever and I'm like, well, uh, what about how am I supposed to get to the sixth issue, bro? Like, you understand how broke I am? Like, you understand what's going on here? Like, uh, <laughs> like I'm just not gonna be able to pop out six, G- you know? And then how long it's gonna take too? Like, it's not like Danielle's just gonna freaking. It's gonna take another yeah. two years to get to issue number six. So, yeah, I was just like, all right, well, I guess I'm never gonna talk to you again. I don't know really what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waste well, my time. I here. mean, <laughs> eventually, eventually, yeah. you know, if you keep 
doing well, you're going to have six issues and then you can decide if you call them or open it up. But I, I, I will say that I don't know any indie publishers that are taking on books that aren't an arc isn't finished. Okay. So whatever that arc is, you've well, for finish. instance, I know somebody who just got on Scout Comics, and they're only mm. two issues in, you know, and then they're not even done with their third issue, and they're already, you know, signed and everything. They got a release date for their first two issues now. Oh, they did. Their arc is one hundred percent not done. So I know that's so not one hundred percent the case. Do you have wow. a plan for how many issues of uh, Magic Powder you're doing? Well, this story arc, The Librarian's War, will be six issues. Um, overall, though, I mean, I want to do this for the rest of my life, probably, honestly. Okay. Magic Powder specifically or comics? Yeah, well, comics too, but honestly, this story, like this world, like I have so much stuff I want to get to. It's going to take yeah. forever. Like even like we're doing a video game, like me and that guy, Chris, he's uh, developing the demo. It's almost done. It's going to be a prequel to the actual story. So you see how the yeah, Dwarf Father became the Dwarf Father. And like, you know, that's just another storytelling device for this. You know what I mean? Like, cause I just want to get it all out. Like, you know, I haven't even got to the dragons yet. You know, we've seen a little bit of the mermaid people, but you don't, you haven't seen their queen and stuff like that. Like the land where the giants live, stuff like that. Like, it's just going to be nuts. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you're, I you're building an empire. You're not starting a comic. You're building. <laughs> yeah, an yeah. To me, this is like going to be my Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like as far as like George Lucas had that, <laughs> I don't have this. That's all it is. You know. If you if you find six thousand dollars, I can introduce you to some real cool people. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you never know. I can. You can always just kickstart a campaign for that. Like, oh, we're trying to kickstart our uh, what is it? Our uh, marketing, marketing budget. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I couldn't but figure yeah. out the value proposition to offer yeah. for that. Uh, your marketing, your marketing budget. If, uh, if you help us raise six thousand dollars, you can go onto the website that everyone else can go onto to for free. Yeah, uh, full access. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's the thing too, and it's like. When it comes to the magic powder, I guess, like, I think it kind of markets itself in a lot of ways. So I'm not really too worried about it. Like, it'll grow as it grows because I don't know. I think, you know, it appeals to a lot of people in different ways. Mm -hmm. Like, because there's even, like, you know, obviously, like, people who are into fantasy or whatever, people who are into, you know, because, like, you know, a big part of the reason I made a comic book was because no one would read my damn books. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know, at least they'll look at pictures. So <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much <laughs> See, <laughs> no, I agree with that, Ignacio, totally, though, man. But uh, <laughs> that's what Ignacio he's actually, says. Ignacio says you have a sweet IP, Jeff, and you can surely make six issues with magic powder. I definitely think so. And that's somebody who's actually, you know, purchased from my website and got a physical copy and everything. Like Ignacio's the man. So I believe in him because yeah. he says that to me. Like I know he believes in it. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's just uh but like I agree with a lot of the things that everyone's saying here though, where it's you gotta pay your artists if you wanna keep this going, so yeah. you gotta make money. And Blake, <laughs> and Blake, Blake, Blake's, Blake says, shit, I'll introduce you to a bunch of people for six thousand dollars. Nice. Oh, shout out to Blake's dog also coming yeah. out of the hospital today. Shout yeah. out to Blake. Yeah. Good job, Blake. Use the wheels and, and give it give it a lot more happiness. Absolutely. And Blake hey, will talk later, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so so what I'm thinking now though, so for Magic Power number three, I already done you know alternate covers and I've done now we're trying stickers and stuff like that. But like what's the craziest addition to one of your guys' campaigns besides like a comic book or a print or something like that that you would do? Someone did like an action figure for that Trakovi uh Kickstarter campaign and he said it kind of cost them a little bit more than he expected and stuff like that. But that's freaking cool to have a toy for your comic I was told people thought it was nuts. I was doing a t shirt. Yeah. yeah, and see, my one friend told yeah. me to do t-shirts, 
And I was like, I want to do t-shirts because I don't want to do sizes. You know what I mean? I want one yeah. one size fits yeah. all for everybody because I don't want to. So uh, take so, into yeah. account though, like uh, I'm doing a t-shirt because I paid for that. I paid for a cover that I'm and, that ink, and I want it on something. <laughs> uh, like, if, if we don't hit $7,000 and send people t-shirts, I'm still making me one. I'm getting it. <laughs> I, I, I had two t-shirts and haven't done it anymore. Yeah. Uh, I had one idea, but then I realized it went against the rules of Kickstarter because, of course, you know, it wasn't me like looking in, you know, as close as I probably should have the first time around. Like uh, no, no, I wish. <laughs> 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 uh, no, but I, I came up, or I, my thought was to one of the artists that was going to have a commission, but if we hit a certain stretch goal, then there was going to be like a, almost like a Willy Wonka golden ticket. And I was going to mm. put like, Oh, I'm going to put this in one book for, you know, somebody and, you know, you get to win this commission. But then I was looking at it. It's like, oh, you can't do any raffles or shit. And I was like, well, I know yeah, they're going to end up, it's, they're going to end up dinging me. And I was like, no, no, no. Okay. It, it's, it. it's not worth your, your campaign getting uh, suspended right in the middle there. Yeah. I have seen campaigns do things like giveaways, raffles, etc. It all happens outside of the Kickstarter platform within the kickstarter campaign either emails outside i did uh, it's I it's not worth the risk in my personal yeah, yeah, opinion yeah, and, yeah like part mind. of me was like oh this would be a cool idea you know because yeah. i mean it's yeah but yeah no and then i was like nope not gonna work i'm not gonna you, you guys continue i'm gonna go find one real cool one that somebody did so here's uh, one of my questions. Another one. Is, well, now, now I'm forgetting what it was. What the heck was I going to say? Uh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did um, uh, temporary tattoo stickers and temporary tattoos for uh, huh? first uh, for crossover division one, and we also I did mini figs. Mini those were just cool as hell, man. I just it sounds like, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, the artist I work with, Mario, he suggested doing mini figs, but I, I couldn't figure out how to go go about getting them. So. Oh, um, there's, yeah, there's a, there's a guy who, who makes them. Um, Justin I think the main thing with that is, is that uh, there's a guy I know who actually does them in every campaign. Um, mm -hmm. But if, if you want to contact and give it to you, I try to avoid that stuff myself because I'm trying to prioritize just like getting it fulfilled, you know. Um, but I did do a, uh, uh, for Dr. Orange, we did a an actual like real high quality latex Halloween mask. And um, there was a, and it was handmade um, by this guy who works at Halloween Horror Nights in, in, in Orlando. Uh, like like outside of his regular job duties, he just sort of did it um, for us. And um, we didn't have a lot of takers on it because it was really expensive. Uh, but uh, um, but there is one out there somewhere. Um, so uh, I, I I thought that was awesome. It was like a really cool prop. Like if you're if you're doing photos or a video. Um, and, and it was a Halloween themed thing. So we had it like in August, September when people are trying to get ready for Halloween and, and we have like a skeleton put it on and, um, I had a video where my kids put it on and danced around and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, so it was like, it was like really cool to do. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I've seen people do action figure. There's a guy who does Mego figure, like Mego stuff figures, the guy who's more traditional. Yeah, like the classics. One who does mini figures. I think with the minifigures thing, like the main thing is, is like don't say the word Lego, you know, on your on your <laughs> Kickstarter like at all, you know, because yeah, uh, it's, it's not a Lego, you know, it's <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a, uh, 
the Sam design. <laughs> and there is Hank. There is Hank. Did yeah, you say minifigure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. those are the minifigs that we did for Crossover Division One. <laughs> those are so awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I want some magic powder toys. I think bad. if you people like like surprises and stuff, I think the best way to do it is just to say nothing about it, like. Like when you when you mail them the package, just slip something in there, you know, and that's what I do. I have like I have like a bunch of indie comics that I don't really need anymore. And I feel like I can kind of help out the indie comics community by just kind of giving people free ones. Um, and it's never like my stuff. It's like some of the, you know something else that I backed. Um, and if people usually don't do it for like lower tiers because then it can affect your shipping a lot. But mm-hmm. if somebody's already gotten like four or five or twelve or thirteen comics from you. Just like slip something else in there um, and say nothing about it, you know, and and then it kind of keeps people from talking to each other about it too, because somebody might have gotten the trade and somebody might have gotten the floppy, and you know, um, and at least people then will like sort of appreciate it, and then it's not on Kickstarter's radar of being like a contest or anything, you know. Yeah. So I, I've, here's a question I have: Do any of you guys ship internationally? Yeah. And how much does that cost usually? Because when I go to the post office, so shipping one comic book costs twenty-five to thirty dollars anywhere yeah. else in the world. Yeah. Basically, I, I think what I did is I the suggestion I had gotten from Easton is is that like when I first did it, everything was you know United States, um, but I've had some people um, like either message me on Kickstarter or on Twitter. They're like, oh you don't ship here and i i said hey you know i i'm okay with it but this is what i'm getting for shipping and it's like you know if this is a 20 dollars book i feel awful it that you're basically buying two books just to ship it um yeah but i mean they they were like yeah i want it open so i was like okay so then i just kind of opened them as they've it's been asked mm-hmm yeah, no, people people will pay that. I mean, that's why I always say I think I'll ship it anywhere, you know, and I'll just set the shipping costs accordingly. Some people yeah. will want to pay it. Um, some people will not want to pay it, uh, but they might get digital or something, you know. Um, I mean, I just shipped my last Kickstarter. I just fulfilled like the week before I started this one. And, I mean, I was shipping to Canada. It's like 25 bucks just mm-hmm. to Canada. Yeah. You know? Yes, it was. Um, yep. And then to UK was something like um 28 and then i also ship one to switzerland and that was like that was like 31 you know like it's just yeah i I was lucky i didn't have to ship (laughs) australia this time you know i've had to do it before and that that was one of my major hurdles when i was hitting uh setting up my kickstarter too is having to load in the shipping Mm -hmm. and i just my wife and i wound up just getting stamps the stamps.com thing and then typing in random shipping codes all yeah. over the world yeah. and taking averages of the shipping prices and going yeah, from I don't, there. Yeah, I, don't, I don't really do it way too much work. Like I just like, I, I, I know how much the U S is going to be. I just include that. And then I set U S mm-hmm. Puerto Rico and U S U S uh, minor, minor outlying islands to zero. And then, um, and then I'll take like a couple categories and whatever's like the most expensive place I mailed last, I'll just like put that in rest of the world. You know? Yeah, so- I, I used to have America, America Zero, because it's baked in, Canada, Europe, and then Australia. But Europe has gone up so much, it's basically the same as Australia. Yeah. So I'll just take an address in Australia. 
figure out what that is. Address in Canada, figure out what that is. And it, I, I have, you know, North America, or, or I mean, America, Canada, and just the rest of the world. And, and it's, it has worked out, but it's, it's very expensive. Now, I will tell you something I learned today when I know that it works. I'm not going to put it out publicly. I've sent something to England and it's about half the shipping, but I shipped it today. It hasn't worked yet. So I don't feel comfortable saying, hey, I found a way to save money until it works. <laughs> So right. stay so tuned. Be, we got about DM you got, next next week. Yeah, we got four weeks. It's a That's four how I get week, to uh, come back and watch again. I'll yeah. be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I know how to tease. I know how to tease. I for me, yeah, I'm, I'm really lazy. The world. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying. I think I think of the U.S., U.K., Canada, and and rest of the world, and that, yeah. that was it. And I wasn't going to put like a lot of effort into it. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. too much. I, yeah, for me, I was like, okay, I think I said I'm just going to do a flat international shipping of 25 and realize that mm. most people are going to be a little bit over that, and I'll just deal with it. And there might be some that are a little bit under. Just I usually don't have a tremendous amount of international backers, so I just I did it did bite me one time. Uh, I charged, I think, 27. I, I've been inching it up a little bit as the campaigns go by, but I, I think I charged 27. And this wonderful backer from the UK bought uh, a Diary of Night trade, bought mm. uh, multiple, uh, you know, all the covers, and it was like a four-pound package. And I was like... It was probably okay. four-pound, two ounces. That's it was. Because four bucks. pounds is the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> it was 80 bucks. And I was like... Wait, I could break it into two. Oh, forget it. I'm just, it's already, <laughs> it's already done. Take my money here. It's gone. Go. I had a, I had a backer in Australia and backer kit add on, I think something like $90 worth of books. And I was so excited and I put it all together and it cost me $85 to ship that 90, $95 worth of books. But I was like, they bought it. They bought it. They, you know, they, they, they did exactly what I asked them to do. I didn't lose money. Ship the books because because it's kind of, it's I feel that it's usually worth that. I, I know you could I guess say hey I screwed up I'm going to need an extra whatever but I was like eh. yeah I don't want to be that but guy. now yeah but now yeah. I you know once you've added like five books it costs you like eight dollars in America extra or. 16 or 20 for for international because you know you can't get you don't want to be that guy who's burning his own kickstarter books because he didn't figure out international shipping exactly which actually what? happened <laughs> and is both the worst thing that ever happened and also i fucking love it because that crazy ass guy burnt thousands of his books like <laughs> what a goddamn nut man he makes us look great i didn't know it was a thing and i, and I don't like it <laughs> google google um, Kickstarter burns own books, and you'll see it. I'm definitely yeah, doing just, that. I'm going to show my friend that after this is over. That's hilarious. no, it's, it's it's absolutely terrible. And also, you know, I kind of I grew up kind of wishing, knowing that I couldn't be Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, but wishing I could. <laughs> so when I meet people who literally can do shit that is just off the rocker, I, I, there's part of me that's like, all it's right, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, as long as they're not around me too much, then I don't got to worry about getting in trouble for them. But yeah, definitely. But another thing I was going to ask you guys, so like what the reason the international thing came up for me, first of all, my artists are all freaking international, but then I did a giveaway after the Kickstarter, like when I got my printed books and I was like, I'll give a, you know, I'll do a giveaway, you know, someone can win a book. And then the person I ended up choosing that won the thing was in freaking UK. So I'm like, uh, whoops. And so I, and I didn't know how much it was going to cost. I was like, you know, whatever, 20 bucks, something like that, 17 bucks. I was thinking, and I go, you know, and I ship every single thing I had for the Kickstarter, all whatever, 80 boxes I had to ship. And then I went to ship the international one, and she was the lady's like, it's like thirty bucks, and you gotta fill out these customs forms and all this crap. So I was like, damn. So I went home and I told the girl that the one the campaign or the giveaway, and I was like, uh, yeah, it costs a little bit more than I thought, so it's gonna take me a little longer to ship or whatever. And then you know she hadn't bought a book or anything, she got it for free, and she's like, well, how much does it cost? Blah blah blah. And then I was like, this, you know, and she's like, oh okay. And then she's like, well, what if I buy a bunch of board books or whatever? And I was like, well, that would probably cover the shipping. So. That probably help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's totally okay. yeah. So she, you know, she bought like two more books, and so I shipped her all three, and it was like thirty bucks or whatever. And I, I think she, you know, she gave me like twenty, but that still helped for you know, it would have been thirty bucks out the drain, and mm-hmm. it would have been That's one cool. one comic. You know, I'm glad like more people got it out there too. So everything worked out, and she's really cool. She's actually the only international backer right now in this campaign because yeah. I put the um. $30 thank you package you can get internationally but it's got $30 shipping or whatever and so mm-hmm. she's like hey, you gotta really fill it up these customs forms again because I backed it and I was like oh, that's perfectly yeah. fine with me because now I know how much it costs and the custom forms take two seconds anyway as long as you can write I, the address pirate ship or mm-hmm. ship station it does all the custom forms for you and it's just mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome ship station yeah, cool. and ship station integrates into backer kit so I can just push my orders over into ShipStation from Backer Kit, and then when I print the labels, it updates Backer Kit and says it's been shipped. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome! So. Yeah. <laughs> in Backer Kit, uh, I know Tyler, Tyler James, his his advice, and I always want to give him credit for it is, mm-hmm. you look into like Backer Kit when you're up to about 200 to 300 backers because it it really helps at that point, but less than 200 backers you can probably save the money and do it on your own. But I have such horrible handwriting, Jeff, that boy, moving to the software to just do my customs was the greatest <laughs> thing that happened. Cause I'd be writing, writing, writing. And then I'd be like, I can't read this. So check this out. First of all, I have chicken scratch handwriting. I write okay. left handed. I'm a mess. I think too fast to even write the words down is, you know what I mean? It is what it is. But like, so I go to do the 80 packages at the post office and it finishes up. The lady goes, this is the first time I didn't have to check the address on anything. With the, you know, so I was like, damn. So I was pretty impressed with myself that day. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right. Because, like you said, my handwriting sucks. So, and not only that, but I didn't write any of the addresses down wrong or even had to look up a couple, like just to make sure. And, like, yeah, it worked out really well. But, like, well, so with Backer Kit, how does that even work? Do you have to, like, your campaign has to reach a certain goal before they'll even take you on? Or how does no. that even work? No, it's just, it's fine. It makes more financial sense once you hit about 200 backers. Although, I'm going to, disagree with kevin because you know he's just wrong um but <laughs> what the fuck's new um but uh tyler i think has kind of moved that that estimate down a little bit lately okay. because you have backer kit launch now which gives you kind of a landing page so you can do pre pre-launch mm-hmm. type stuff gather email addresses you know so that when you do launch you've got you know a larger people that you're you know targeting when you launch um i i think he said you know 200 175 maybe yeah that's a uh, lot different than two to 300 yeah 
Yeah, you're just totally yeah. wrong. Thanks for calling me out, Will. <laughs> you're welcome, man. Anytime. <laughs> no, I the launch is great, but the launch is um, the, the more campaigns you have, the more launch works for you because it emails every backer you've ever had. So if you're on your second campaign, you know, you, your updates are going to hit every, your update is going to hit everybody anyway. So there's yeah. no reason to really to use launch, mm-hmm. I would say, until you've done three or four campaigns and you've got, you know, 60 backers, 120 backers, and 200 backers, and they're not all, the first 60 didn't all come back. So you've got, you know, some weird amalgamation of, you know, 380 people that you want to reach. Launch is great. Mm -hmm. Instead of sending an update from, you know, Joseph, you know, you, you know, you have to send it from all of your campaigns. And yet, you hate to think of sending 10 emails to that one person who has been so loyal to you <laughs> that they've been on every campaign. And then you've just hit that person 10 times because you want to hit the 10 people who've only done yeah. it once. But do you guys, yeah, um, do you know I, how you I, eat? People need to be more literate about the fact that they can unsubscribe from those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I unsubscribe from Kickstarter updates all the time. I, I really do. Um, that's you why guys, I suggest if you're going to give out digital rewards, send them into a message and not uh, an update. Because an update, they they could have unsubscribed. And then a few people say, hey, you know, uh, I never got the, the, the PDF for this. Even if they got a message, they might say that. But if it's in an update, you know, maybe they weren't subscribed to the update, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I unsubscribe from so many, and it's not personal. You know, like I know, I, I know I've backed almost 500 Kickstarters. And, I, you know, I know... I know when somebody's doing a new one uh, at this point, like I don't need. <laughs> yeah. You follow. <laughs> so what I was going to say though, like I got all the emails of everybody backer I had, you know, just have them in an email list now. And then anytime mm-hmm. someone buys something off my site, I get the email, you know, I put it in the list. So it's like, you know, I, I use the update from the first Kickstarter to tell everyone the new Kickstarter was coming out. But I also just emailed that whole email list and was like, in case mm-hmm. you guys don't get the updates, check it out. And uh, you know, that was my alternative there. And then, but at the once the new campaign had launched, I told the first campaign people that this would be the last update ever on that, you know. And so, if you want more, come on down. I'm not going to bother you anymore on this fucking thing. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good good reason to have a mailing list too, because that's people who want to be there and who have decided, yes, I'm going to sign up for the mailing list. Yeah, they're not going to stay there forever necessarily, but like at least yeah. at least they have to they have to opt in, you know. Um, mm-hmm. For the for the updates, uh, you know, I think some people don't, a lot of people don't realize that they don't have to get those emails, you know. Yeah. Well, the other yeah, thing. I mean, uh, to be honest, I didn't even know that. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. thing I like about Backerkit too is the the pre order store, you know, so that you can one, you know, there's always going to be credit cards that didn't come through. Uh, so you can still contact the people fr- via Kickstarter and have them, you know, maybe try to update their credit card if they still want to try to purchase it. But two, you have a, a storefront where until you lock orders and say no more orders, anybody, you can just direct them to coming. there and, and they can mm-hmm. keep coming. I mean, it's, I've, I've done it for, uh, I think this is, this is my second backer kit one. And it's, it's always more than paid for itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. What I what I do with my updates is a bit like Jeff, except uh, I do my last three campaigns. So I retire a campaign every time I launch a new one. So, you know, once I was doing 
Tart six, I didn't do, you know, the first three campaigns or, or whatever it is, but I just kind of retire them. So you're going to get three updates for me if you back the last three campaigns. Plus, if you're on my email list, you're going to get the fourth. But, but you, do, you yeah. do change your updates up a little bit, though. You'll put different covers for different different things. I've, I've seen you do that, which you know, makes just, it more interesting. So, sometimes I'll just, just, and it's just one, yeah, just like, copy and paste one photo. It's just one. I copy and paste the, the, um, the wording and I might choose a different image. It's nothing big, but it's something just for the poor bastard. I mean, Will notices it. Three emails. <laughs> I have no life though. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, join the club, baby boy. I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> this would be the writer is my man. <laughs> That's the problem with the last couple of days. That's why I'm not even home right now. Like, yeah, I went out to have a couple of drinks and I haven't even got home in two days. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I that is slept. a couple of drinks, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, because, like, you know, we came back from bowling and I was on, you know, I was hanging out. My one yeah, like, oh, it's that bowling over. buzz, man. You get yeah, that bowling buzz. You, bowling buzz. You wait, because, like you say, you know, I don't do shit, you know, and then Wednesday is the bowling league. So, you know, that's the only time I'm even freaking social, especially with all this pandemic shit. So yeah, man, you freaking, you know, you come back and you, you got a little, you know, you still got adrenaline. You want to do something. So I was like, all right, I'll come over here. So we went to the bar at like whatever, two o'clock. Then we got out of there about eight o'clock. We we're like, let's go bowling again. Not in the morning. Uh, Santa Fe opened. So we went bowling again yesterday. And uh, <laughs> that was it. Then we came home. We had some bets. We made like 300 bucks on a freaking sports bet because, uh, you know, the Rangers gave up a lot of goals early on. So that worked out really well. You know, they should have won, whatever. But I mean, then, yeah, I finally got some sleep last night. So here I am. But I was going to Uber home, but I was like, no, nah, I don't want to miss the podcast. So I'll just wait. All right. Well, we're glad you didn't because it's been a blast. But it is twelve thirty-eight Eastern Standard Time. We're we're almost up to two hours. Um, so, Will, I, I think you got away with not having to do the. Uh, I the, have one too, man. So oh, hold on, hold on. You're gonna do it next week because okay. it, I'm I'm not. You know what, guys? This show was too good. You guys were too much fun. I'm not yeah. showing up next week. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was the 25th you are showing up for. It's next week? It's 18th. I'm not oh. showing up next week. Okay. <laughs> My kid has spring break. We're driving somewhere, and we, there will probably not be Wi-Fi. So, uh, And I, I plan to have a bowling buzz on. <laughs> you know, that, that sounds good. good. That's uh, you know, we need to talk to Blake. You know, it needs to be Blake's yeah. bowling buzz instead of yeah. Blake's buzz. <laughs> yeah, he could just take out he take out the B logo and just put a bowling ball. It'll be time. From what he said earlier, if you have six thousand dollars, it is on. <laughs> All right, so gentlemen, what we're going to do now is go through real quick the campaigns that are still live from creators that have been on the show. We're going to do this for you. I'm not going to do it for you next week, but we'll will will. I will do it. Um, and as long as you're live, we'll we'll see if we can bring it up and hopefully get another eye on the project. Which means you can hang with us as we quickly do this. You can go to bed if you uh, if you got work or or anything. And it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys. Uh, you it was bowling. so you much fun. You... Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun. All right, so Will, so what's what's what you got? Ah, uh, how about drumsticks of doom? How yeah. about it? Find it. Oh, we got a comment real quick though. Oh, B cube, Blake's bowling buzz. B cube. <laughs> I'm glad I came back for that one. Blake with the win. 
<laughs> we did it. We we did it to Same each time. other. <laughs> All right. Drumstick of Doom, John Westhoff's story of if in the 60s the biggest band in the world was not the Beatles, it was I had it in my head. Black Sabbath, Sabbath, I think. <laughs> Black Sabbath. And, and you know, we all hear that uh, if you listen to that devil music, the devil will become more powerful. And uh, since Black Sabbath was as big as the Beatles, some of those dark magics are brought into the world. So how would the world be today if Black Sabbath were the Beatles? Remember, werewolves, there's monsters, and there's just a lot of fun. And John's just a, a fabulous dude. So check that baby out. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Follow him on Twitter too. Like he's a really yeah. uh, oh, active guy. He's always, you know, retweeting everybody's stuff. He's really Shit, cool. Guy. Man, he's so fun. Got Bloom Pretty, which is a gorgeous, um, uh, mature audience story about uh, plant-based life forms uh, that all happen to also have gorgeous female figures. Uh, if you in- enjoy the uh, a very not sexualized, but but sensualized uh, artwork. I definitely would check it out. Bloom Pretty, uh, Lisa Fowler. It's her brainchild. She kind of had this. It's uh, like a kids' book she had as a child, where ever, all the characters were plants. And as adults, she got together and thought, "Well, what if we told a story like this?" And it's just very cool fantasy, beautiful art, all female team that kind of. You know, I have no problem with the male gaze, but I also have no problem with the uh, female gaze either. So <laughs> I'm equal opportunity in that way. Uh, and this book is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, the, the art is just so lush. I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome. It's just an awesome book. I'm just going to go up the, the banners, actually. Our, okay. our friend Fellhound, her prequel to Commander Rao and We Love You. Uh, you know, Fellhound is the best, just you know, like she's the best and her comics are awesome. Uh, great artwork, great story. Always. Yeah. Always more, always deeper than you expect. Um, and just a a fabulous person and, uh, check it out and we love you. And if you haven't read commander Rao, uh, add that to your, when you back it and watch, uh, cooking with Rao (laughs) video she made. Yeah, that's hilarious. Freaking hilarious. I, was, I put up on Twitter how funny it is when people uh, Photoshop their comics in um, famous people's, people's hands. Yeah, Who yeah. did The Rock today? Did did one of you guys do The Rock today? Ian, Ian Mondrick. But, did yeah, it for, two of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rock was like cooking his comic book and I laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah. And I remember uh, Fellhound did that with uh, Kristen Stewart. And mm-hmm. What made me laugh about the Kristen Stewart one is is she had to take it down for a second because people actually thought Kristen Stewart was reading her comic. <laughs> it was and, and so she had to like admit that it was uh, just a, a joke. But uh, <laughs> what I, and it always cracks me up when people do this. So everybody, please do this. Uh, if you get sued, I did not tell you to do it. Um, <laughs> But, um, oh, Russell Nolte's uh, Cthulhu is Hard to Spell, Volume 3. His uh, anthology um, turns three, and this is, the first anthology was Cthulhu invading. The second anthology was Cthulhu and the Elder Gods sort of having power. And this one is uh, some of the Greek gods and other ancient myths fight back. So we're not really sure. I'm definitely not sure who's going to take it over, but uh, <laughs> fabulous. Next one up is, oh, 
Uh, Queen of Mars. I think you Ooh. skipped that one. Yeah. Did. Sorry, Mick. Yeah. Where Mick Myers. It? Awesome dude. Uh, Mick is uh, a tremendous fan of the Burroughs Mars books, as am I. And uh, he's doing kind of a side tale with Fedor of the Therns. And uh, it's uh, the first issue did really well. It's magazine sized. Uh, he does the art and story, and it's. Uh, it's pretty awesome, uh, and yeah. I'm a John Carter fan, so he's he's hitting me in the sweet spot. I don't know. Can I say that? I'll say he's hitting me in the sweet spot. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I was just on Blake's buzz with him the other night. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Mick's a good guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, House of the Queer Bodies is a, a, a little girl gets lost in a world of fairy tales and when she meets up with mother goose uh she finds out that a fairy tale that her i believe it was grandmother tells her is doesn't exist in this world so she goes on an adventure to find it and mother goose gives her a, a gander to go with uh, with her on the adventure and it's just um a public domain story from what like 1913 ish I think so yeah it's uh... It's, we'll call uh, it 1913. Um, domain is cool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and just a really cool uh, thing. And, and Taylor, the writer, said that, you know, at the time that House of the Queer Bodies was written, queer just meant weird. So, but he looked at it and he was like, well, what if we could kind of play in that the word does mean, you know, how we would think of the word queer. And so there's representation and kind of looking at, at how you could reinterpret words that already existed in a different way and tell a new and interesting story. So uh, very cool. And I think we're up to you four. So yeah. awesome. And we've got um, Ignatio said that she had a book with plant characters and she grew and thought, what if plants fucked? <laughs> <laughs> And you know what, Ignacio, you got the last word. Everybody, <laughs> good night. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs>